the bench with John Scheibel, drafted by the St. Louis Vipers. How you doing, John? Great. How are you doing? Good, good. It's a pleasure to finally get to speak with you. I, I feel like I know you from all your social media posts and watching all the years and playing in the tournaments and then for and pro ice hockey. I feel like I know you. Yeah, that's a good thing. I tried to uh, get out there and reach a bunch of people that uh, – I don't really know, so it's it's great to talk to you too for the first time and and connect this way. It's awesome. So how are you holding up throughout this whole not being able to leave your house type thing? Been holding up pretty good, actually. Uh, have a clothing business, Goodwood Hockey. So we've been working away, still able to ship through the whole virus. And then, as you know, uh, you could just train outside, and we have a little gym uh, in our garage here. So it's been uh, fun to just stay active, get outside when we can, and. I mean, the lockdown has definitely been different. It canceled my ice hockey season with eight games left, and um, we were trying to defend the title. So it's hard to uh, end the season that way. But, I mean, we just got to get, uh, get the world back to normal and safe and sound. So whatever we got to do is what we got to do. Great, great. Yeah, uh, I like the, the logo for your clothing company there. And it's, uh, I like it. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's uh, done by my partner, Kelly, and uh, she's the designer for our company. So. She's very creative and good with that stuff. So, yeah, I enjoy it, too. It's a great logo. It's awesome. So you were in Huntsville this year again, correct? Yes, I was. I was in Huntsville. Uh, I got traded back there um, a little into the season. And, yeah, we were about eight games left, about to seal second place. And the uh, season gets shut down. So pretty tough. Wow. Now, did you start the season in Quad City? I did, yeah. I did start the season in Quad City. Um, Decided to go there in the off season. Thought it was a good opportunity, and then, um, as you know, the game's crazy, and there was a deal made so I could go back to Huntsville and defend the title. So I was I was excited to go back. That's for sure. That's great. Now, one of the Grand Rapids players drafted is in Quad City. Shane Bennett. Yes, Shane is a good buddy of mine. We've obviously played against each other at the tournament, so I've known him for years. But it was fun being on the ice with him uh, for the first time, especially in the minors. Um, he's a heck of a player. So. I'll uh, be really excited to play against them here in this league. That's awesome. So, obviously, with the history of roller hockey, the Vipers and the Bullfrogs were always the two teams that were the pinnacle or gemstones of the sport uh, in history. And we brought one back so far. And it's as if we brought back, I guess we'll use more of your area location, the Rangers. And – uh, prestige. How does it feel to be drafted by a team like that and not a new type of franchise? Yeah, it's exciting. I think right away, um, once I knew some of the names on the team, obviously Ron Bielstein being, uh, you know, coach slash GM, it's, it's exciting because at least I know um, the people involved and know the players that were getting drafted before me. And it makes it super exciting. I mean, Jack Holmes, uh, Shane Fox, PJ Kavaya, Kettler, like all guys that I've played with through the world team or um, over the years at the tournament. So it's super exciting. And then, you know, being on one of the bigger name teams, like you're saying, um, from the past, now hopefully in the future we could uh, bring that back and have that same mentality as, uh, you know, we're the leaders in that, in that category. Yeah, and, and they are the last – team to win a quote-unquote pro championship in 1999 so not only were you in Huntsville defending a championship when you start with the Vipers you're defending a championship to those fans because they 
are rabid fans in St. Louis and believe they are the defending champions still. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, to, to know that history and to keep learning more about it, um, it's super exciting to me. I was born in 94, so 99, I was still pretty young, but to, to do my research and learn more about them, yeah, I mean, the videos that I've seen, the pictures I've seen, uh, the fans look amazing. Um, everything I've heard from Ronnie has been great of how big it was in the past there. So there's no reason why we can't grow right away first season back and uh, get it rocking again. So when I look at the roster for St. Louis, number one, you guys did not draft a goalie. <laughs> and that's been a big thing with the fans of who do we have in net? There's no goalie. <laughs> I saw that too. I saw that too. But you're one of only two forwards drafted. Mm-hmm. And the other forward being Jack, and you guys are a little bit different style of play, I would think, right? Yeah, a little bit different style of play. Um, but knowing that, we were power play partners on the world team, and we had a ton of success, and actually Fox was on that same power play. So to have three guys off of one power play unit that played at the world championships, I think is a good start. And I think we have a lot of guys that are, are hybrids in my eyes, a guy that can play a little bit of offense, even though he's a quote unquote defender. Um, so I think we're in, I think we're in good shape. That's for sure. Five defensemen. And from what I understand, arguably five of the top five defensemen in the game, that that's pretty scary, but who's the best of the five? I, I really can't put a finger on it. I mean, all these guys are so special in their own way. And I truly like mean that from the bottom of my heart, because when I play with a guy like Foxy and then go playing against him or a kid like PJ, um, they definitely have their own styles, but they bring offense. They bring great shutdown defenseman attitude. Um, and to me, that's what a, a great defenseman is. He's doing both, especially in roller. You need to be able to defend, but, you need to be able to get in the rush and be that third guy on the rush and be able to score and bring that same attributes because you're going to get so many chances, obviously being four on four with a lot more space. So I think they're all great. It'd be so hard to put one, but I mean, the order how things were drafted too, I think we're, we're very good. So, I mean, as long as we're all in the same squad, that uh, puts us in pretty good shape. I got to say, I like the political answer there. The order they were drafted was the right order. Because <laughs> uh, even Kettler, uh, I don't know if you've seen his interview that we posted already. He said, it's Fox. <laughs> and, and that was quite humbling by a guy. I'm like, really? Because I hear it's you. And he said, no, nope, it's Fox, hands down. So uh, I've never, I know I've seen all these guys play. I've watched them play because the irony being is a lot of these guys play on the same team on a tournament team. Mm-hmm. And, and normally that's against your team, I believe. Uh, Usually. So I'm assuming you're going to like that feeling of not having to face these guys and actually be with them now. Yeah, I definitely think uh, it's good that we did play on the world team because I know a guy like Kettler and Combsy a little bit better because of that. And we got obviously closer with winning and things like that. But yeah, playing against them for years in these tournaments since the day I went pro and even some of the guys before we went to the pros. Um, so yeah, we definitely have a relationship and we definitely battle against each other. So to come together and go for a different type of title and play together is going to be fantastic, especially for a city like St. Louis. That's great. So we got the dragons, the warthogs and the Yeti and every team's made up completely different from St. Louis, all four of them. They're all different. Uh, and if we look at it, St. Louis, we really see as a roller hockey team in terms of 
there's ice hockey experience in yourself and Jack. Uh, m- most of them are pure quote unquote roller hockey guys. And then we got almost the exact opposite in Grand Rapids where they've been the dartboard of fans. Uh, what is this team? They're all ice guys. They're going to get destroyed. What do you think about their squad with McCollum and Brooks and Grant and Shiner and Bennett and Paul Bittner and Debrinket? How do you, how do you think they're going to do? And what do you think of that? I actually think it's a fantastic strategy. In my eyes, um, this is how we grow the game, and this is how we get to prove to those roller people that think ice guys can't do it, and then also to the ice hockey world saying, hey, it is possible. You can do it. It's not going to hurt your game. Like It's good activity, especially and competitive like we're going to be. Um, so I like it. I, I played with Alex Brooks. He's a great kid. Obviously, Shane Bennett's lethal on the ice. He's, he's very dangerous, fast. Um, good all-around player so they got probably the best goalie in the draft I don't want to be going at going at a team I'm gonna be playing against but I mean he's one of the best goalies and I think that was a huge pickup to start so I think they have the right strategy they're just going differently and especially in their area they have that access to all those ice guys where I think St. Louis is more of a roller market as they just won the Stanley cup and things like that. But you know, the roller hockey is such a big community there where in their area, it might be more ice. And I think the way they went about it's good. I don't think by any means, any team in this league should get um, a beat down by another team. I think it'll be good. I think those guys will have to maybe practice a little bit more on skating and things like that, but it truly doesn't affect it once you get uh, comfortable, maybe a couple games in. So I think uh, they'll be just as dangerous. And that's the thing is a lot of people, especially the roller hockey community, doesn't understand that every one of these guys played roller up until at least minimum 16, 17 years old when they made that commitment, probably to junior A somewhere, mm-hmm. and stopped playing in the tournaments and, and whatnot in local leagues because they were putting in the hours on the ice. So a lot of them haven't talked to them too throughout all this whole process is I can't wait to get back to roller. And uh, I think they're going to be as scary as St. Louis. <clears throat> I think St. Louis is scary because of defense. And that seems to be a consensus to everybody. Of, oh, my God, i got to face these guys line after line after line with the unknown on some of the other D, like a Brooks. How does Brooks is – yeah, he's an East Coast Hockey League all-star, but how does he transition to – as he uh, all-star at in Roller yet? And uh, I think that obviously playing against guys like you – it's going to make him prepared pretty quickly. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, I think it can translate, uh, in my opinion. I've seen plenty of ice hockey guys that don't skate too often on roller or didn't grow up, you know, the player that some of these guys are playing roller. And even when they get on their skates, you see them on their skates four or five times, you're like, they got it. They just have to learn the four-on-four game or the controlled game, you know, the way, however we're going to be playing. Um, and once they get the hang of that, like I said, it'll only be a couple of practices and a couple of games and they'll be like, I got this, you know, hockey's hockey. They're, they're able to play the same game that they play on the ice and bring their same positive attributes to this style of hockey. And I think every guy that got drafted obviously isn't getting drafted because, uh, you know, just they're on, on ice record. Like they know that they have a background in roller or they're going to be able to strap them on and be just as good as, um, they want to be on the ice. So I think it's, I think it's positive. I think it's great for the game. That's awesome. So when we look at 
all of the things, like you said, the the control of the game, the four on four. We have the red line, similar to what international play does with can't pass it over. But if it comes over, everybody's got to tag up. So it's almost similar to offsides uh, on ice. Does that benefit a roller guy? Does that help an ice guy? Where do you think the that happens, at least in the beginning? Everybody will adjust. Yeah, I think in the beginning it it might help a nice player um, in my eyes. But to us roller guys, like we really control the puck. So if we're getting in the zone, it's not like we're sending – like we might send it all the way back, but then we're all going to come back and regroup and things like that. So I don't think for the roller guy it will really affect it. It will just have to be like thinking maybe a little bit extra around that line. Um, but once we're in zone or out of the zone and we have the puck, we're really not uh, – like I don't think that end-to-end pass is really like – as much of a thing anymore as it maybe used to be when I was a little bit younger, like you used to stretch that guy and try and hit him all the time for like a one-on-one or a breakaway where now it's like, you're coming down in packs and using the regroup with speed and using the big ice. So, or the big sheet. Um, so I don't think it'll affect anyone all too much. I think just getting used to thinking about it um, is the one biggest thing for all of us. Now, how do you think your experience playing a season versus a weekend is going to benefit your team because looking at a lot of these guys being roller hockey guys, like Kettler said, I, I play three weekends a year. Uh, I got to get in shape. Um, and just the constant battling where over the summer, you might see a team once, maybe twice, even over three weekends, you may not see that team more than twice. So if you whack a guy, there's the consequence are a little less than when you see the guy the sixth yeah. game. Plus the, the straight uh, practices and, and, you know, one game a day, but it's one – there's no sandbagging it that day. It's yes. playing. Do you think that a team like yours with your experience and you and Jack can come in and help develop those guys into that a little bit better? I think definitely. I love the idea of that. Like, this is what I think we've all dreamed of wanting to do is – play a full roller season I know like a guy like Fox is able to do that in France and things like that but I prepare for the ice season I never got to prepare for a full roller season I prepare all year round for hockey I'm training non-stop for both and I'm always doing you know workouts that cater to roller or ice hockey when I'm getting ready for um, each thing but I think preparing and being able to practice and being able to take those battles like it is, like you said, it's hard to create a battle in one weekend um, and play multiple games in a day where you could really, like, prepare for one game, shell it all out there in front of a great crowd, and then know, like, hey, we got it again tomorrow. It's going to be another war or just another battle. And obviously, not being too many teams to start, it's definitely going to be more battles than, than normal. But I think, it's, uh, I think it's a good thing. I think not in the aspect of, like, fighting or getting into those wars just being like hey this is a battle and we want to win so bad like we're going to show you how hard we trained how much effort we put in and how prepared we are because I think that's one thing I passion myself for in hockey in general if it's the ice season or the roller season like I want to be prepared I want to be dangerous I want to be a threat every shift like I want to know that um, my fitness is always going to be at its best to perform through four games in a day at a tournament or for that championship game on a Friday in Huntsville to, to be ready, you know? So I'm always training for both things. 
Um, so it's a little exciting to put forth the season of roller kind of for the first time and, and see where it goes and how that feels. Some guys are going to have the hard time adjusting because they're not used to the, the, the season. I mean, it's 26 games before playoffs. And it doesn't sound like a lot, but it's a lot in a short period of time when it's literally a battle every game. I mean, we did 14 games the first two years we, we ran the small thing in, in the Detroit area. And those guys were wore out. And they, and they were like the Border Cats were in that league. And we're like, man, we didn't snow and understand the grind of the season. Uh, so I, I personally look forward to it. I wish I was a little bit younger. It was maybe on somewhat your end because I, I, I'm a roller guy first. My parents and grandparents were in the roller skating industry. I switched to ice because roller was not there. And I'm excited that we're able to have a season uh, for, for the guys. But what is something that makes John Scheibel John Scheibel? Like favorite food, music, movie, any hobbies that nobody knows about? Oh, that's, a, that's a tough one. Uh, I think a lot of people know me through uh, social media. They think uh, they know me enough. But hobbies would say uh, golf. I like golfing. That's probably the standard answer. I love bowling also, just like two random activities. I honestly just like um staying active if it's any type of sport softball for fun with buddies or you know just playing outside for fun shooting hoops whatever like i just like being active um yeah i think i think truly if anyone it really knows me, like my passion so much uh on hockey and i don't really turn my eyes away from it if it's the clothing line if it's the social media content if it's coaching and training um now my partner kelly and i have a non-for-profit where we go around and host roller hockey camps and basically like untraditional markets and we actually are able to collect free equipment from ex-players or from organizations and we put on these camps where kids have never had the chance to play because of if it's money or the area that they're in they might not have a rink so we go to a local park um, and for me I think in the future that's going to be one of the the biggest and most humbling things that we can do is grow this game and impact families or, or players' lives forever because I think the game has impacted me so much. Um, and it's, it's honestly my life. So to put a stick in someone's hand and maybe them find the passion that I have for the game and then do something spectacular with it or is take it as far as just playing men's league um, and creating friends there, I think that's huge. So as you know and as a a lot of people are going to be listening, like the bonds that you get through hockey. Um, my best friends are, are made through this game. So it's something that's super special, and we'd love to keep growing that and passing that along. And we love hearing that because the, the purpose and the reason we started out when and Mr. Koss and I got together about doing this at the pro level was without a pinnacle, there's no – the youth foundation doesn't grow. And you need that – pinnacle eye in the sky pro league for parents to drive their kids to play the sport and we feel that by starting here and then working our way down we can give this greatest sport to everybody because like you said you can play in a parking lot whether it's in 
New York City to Boise, Idaho, it, you don't need the ice. And it's inexpensive, way more inexpensive than ice hockey, as you and I both know. Uh, so it's great to hear you reaching out. I, I, I can't imagine how much fun that is for you. Yeah, it's definitely fun. And to be completely honest, like doing all of that, um, my passion's always been inline hockey and roller hockey. And I mean, the other day when we were finally allowed to go back to a park, like I just skated in the street and had an absolute blast just passing around with a, an old teammate of mine. And it's crazy, like that he hasn't been on wheels that much. And like, you see the smile on his face too, just like, there's no ice right now. So the fact that he just got to pass around on wheels and like, just have a little fun, like, that's what it's all about. And hopefully that's what we could uh, give the opportunity for kids to learn and see and um, take the burden off of the money part just to get started and, and go a long way from there, hopefully. So what do you look forward to most about suiting up for the Vipers? I think just seeing what the, the first game's like, seeing how it's like in the city, seeing how it's like uh, in the arena. And for me, like preparing like it's an ice hockey game you know, the, the day of the game, how you get ready, how you prepare, how you know it's only going to be one game that day. Uh, things that I really like to focus on, you know, getting, getting a scouting report on a team and, and figuring them out, seeing how they play, you know, the first couple games and preparing um, like I do for ice. I, I really love that part of the game. Um, and that's something that sometimes you miss out on when it's not a full season. So I'm really excited to just see what the fan base is like, what it's like in St. Louis. Uh, and hopefully all those fans from 1999 are banging on the glass, excited uh, for it to be back. Oh, they're there. The, <laughs> we, we're getting pictures. We get submissions uh, all the time. I had one fan send me DVDs of old St. Louis Vipers games. Uh, they got their jerseys wow, still. Awesome. Uh, we anticipate a 9,600-person sellout the opening night. It's unbelievable those the snake pit is still alive and well and they've they've held it alive and well for 20 years uh, so that's awesome if there was any team for the atmosphere i'd want to play for it'd be the vipers if there's any team i probably wouldn't want to play against because the atmosphere is the vipers so uh, i think you landed in a good spot with being with the vipers yeah i think so i think so i'm pretty excited i think the logo is actually awesome um it was pretty cool to see that logo and see the other logos it's something different you don't really know what their logo is going to be when you hear the name so I think they all came out pretty cool and uniforms look good so I think it's it all comes uh comes back around just like in the SP like uh the support that the fans have it's a huge thing for the league and that's what makes the league grow and stay alive and give everyone jobs even if it's in the front office and ticket sales or the social media stuff I mean just growing this in a in a big way is great and uh, looking really forward to seeing where this goes and how big it can grow and where it could take us. Awesome. Now, are, are you a New York City guy or a Long Island guy? Long Island guy, yep. Okay, so if I tell you that's New York City, are you going to come through the camera at me? No, I think uh, I live 45 minutes from the city on the island. I'm like in the middle of the island. So, no, I'm not a – Every time I meet someone new or something, like, oh, you're from New York City? I was like, nah, just a little outside, but it's just a train right away. So, <laughs> Now, 45 minutes away from New York City means you're about 600 yards? <laughs> I wish, I wish. It's about uh, 35 miles, so okay. not, uh, not too bad. I asked you that because I remember I worked with a guy once in Long Island. I said, oh, you're from New York City. No, I'm not. I mean, he got heated, smoke coming out of his ears. I'm oh, from yeah. Long Island. I'm like, 
okay, you're from New York City. <laughs> so you're an yeah, Islanders fan exactly. over Rangers. That's sometimes a mentality, but I was actually a Rangers fan my whole life because of my dad. Like my dad was a diehard Ranger fan. And uh, my tides kind of changed when I was, I want to say like 16, 17. I started like meeting the guys and knowing some of the staff and training with them on the ice. So I got to know them. And then I was lucky enough, uh, I think it was when I was 18 or 19, someone got a little sick and I was invited to Islanders prospect camp, which was like a huge honor. And obviously I wasn't, really sure what that was going to be like and it ended up being the changer to my career and being in that prospect camp on Long Island um, you know at the Nassau Coliseum the original one was super special and then I was invited back the next year to the same prospect camp and it opened all the doors for me to go pro and a lot of eyes to see me and me to play in uh, the BCHL in British Columbia Junior A my last year so it opened a ton of doors and I think after that just knowing the guys and training the guys knowing the staff um, it made me change my whole opinion on them because, you know, I, I don't know anyone with the Rangers, quite honestly. I might know some players, but um, when you really see what's going on in the background and how hard they're working and what good people they are, it makes you a fan of them. So I've definitely been an Islander fan ever since uh, those camps. And I think that is pretty profound what you're talking about because when you get that connection with a team, all of a sudden it becomes your team. And that is one of our primary goals with these franchises is you can't meet Hendrik Lundqvist. You would either have to pay a lot of money and win a, win a prize or uh, run into him by accident. But we want them to be able to meet John Scheibel and know John Scheibel as well as the equipment manager in St. Louis and the front ticket office. We want to build you up that you are I guess I don't really know in the Islanders. My kid would tell me Brazil, 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 Matthew Brazil, yeah, right? Matthew Barzell, yeah. Okay, Barzell. Let's say you're the new Barzell of St. Louis. And, but instead of Barzell not being reachable, you're in the stands after the game signing autographs and mingling. And we really want to drive that because that's what drives those people to show up to watch John Shimo. It's what makes them buy a jersey. And I think that's important. And, I think a guy like yourself fits that mold from what I've seen in social media is you don't mind being out in the public. Absolutely. Like I love it. And I think uh, the Huntsville Havoc do an absolutely stellar job of this is um, letting us go out in the community, um, us wanting to do it because it's not, you know, it's an hour out of your day. You meet a bunch of fans and in Huntsville by far the best fans in the SPHL. Uh, the arena's always jammed. They're super nice. If you see them out in the community, they're always, hello, how are you? But not too much, like not overbearing. They're just like excited to see you out and say hello. And then even just the deals and things that you get around the town because you meet people and they like you. And then you have certain restaurant connections because of that. And, you know, you're bringing something positive to the community. So they know that and they want to just, you know, thank you every here and there. And it's it's super awesome. Like the connections I've made there, and even buddies now that I know that retire and live there, like we all still hung, hang out and, you know, they have a job in Huntsville now. And they say like, oh, my boss is like a huge Havoc fan. So like, it's crazy to see the um, difference that it makes when you're in that tight knit community and they really love your sports team. Um, and I think, like I said, they do an amazing job of letting us mingle and things like that. 
but at the same time it brings all the fans into all of our games and, and lets them truly know in our small community that uh, the Havoc's a big thing. Now, I'm not sure if you are aware of this, but the commissioner, Bob Clauston, won a championship in Huntsville with the Channel Cats in the 90s. I did not know that. That's really <laughs> awesome. That's crazy. Small world. Yeah. yeah, he won a championship and uh, Craig Cox was one of his teammates. Awesome. Wow, that's so, so crazy. And I believe, I believe it's still the same arena and things like that. The name just ended up changing over the years with ownership and stuff. But that's, that's, that's really sweet. <laughs> well, is there anything else that you'd like to tell everybody before we get wrap up here? No, I think that's it. Uh, yeah, if you're not following me, you could go follow me on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter at jshiavo44. Um, and then go check out our clothing line, goodwoodhockey.com. Uh, we got some awesome stuff, launching a bunch of new stuff, obviously still working hard through this uh, virus to, to stay, stay up and above and, and buzzing around. We're doing great, so we're excited to ship things out on time. And shipping obviously hasn't been an issue, so that's been a fantastic thing for us to keep uh, supporting all the people that support us. And, uh, yeah, really excited to see where this uh, takes all of us, and it's a super exciting thing for our game. Awesome. Well, I appreciate your time today, and stay safe. Yes, thank you very much.